Welcome to Talking Up Eagle Mountain, where we discuss a variety of topics related to Eagle Mountain City, uh, services, programs, and goals. I am Mayor Tom Westmoreland, and I'll be the host for this episode. The, uh, the subject for today is back to school health and safety. Uh, for our guests, we have uh, Utah County Sheriff's Office, uh, Eagle Mountain Division. We have Deputy Garrett Dutson, uh, our elementary school resource officer. Uh, Deputy Brent Butters, uh, Frontier Middle School and Rockwell Charter Resource Officer. Deputy Ray Flores, City Val- excuse me, Cedar Valley High School Resource Officer. And also we have with us uh, Karen Coltrane uh, with Communities That Care. Uh, welcome, gentlemen, and, uh, and our lady guest. We also have, uh, as our production team, we have Linda Peterson and uh, Evan Barrett. So uh, let's, let's go ahead and, and, uh, and start off with, uh, with Karen uh, and Communities That Care. What can you tell us? What is Communities That Care? Where did it come from? And uh, maybe we can even include in there how our residents might get involved. That's great. Communities That Care started in 2011. It was a partnership between the Utah County Health Department Eagle Mountain City and the city of Saratoga Springs as a way to work together to strengthen the youth of our community. Uh, It's really a group of people working together to prevent problem behaviors before they happen in our community and a way to help our youth thrive. So we have a group of volunteers mostly and also people from within the community who Uh, relative to the work they do in the community are involved. So we work with government, businesses, law enforcement, our schools. We also have community members like parents, grandparents, uh, really anybody who's interested in the health and well-being of the youth in our community is welcome to participate. And what is the main goal of, what what, what is the main main purpose of communities that care? Is Is there a primary focus there? Yeah, if We think about our kids, and a lot of times we think we're raising kids, but in reality, we're raising adults. And so if we think about the community we live in, and we like our community, and we want it to stay healthy, then we need to think about our youth in that way, that we want them to grow up and to be healthy and productive adults. And Communities That Care really looks at what can we do to strengthen these youth so that they can reach the goals that they have for themselves, and even us as adults in the community, the goals that we have for them for when they become adults. Now I've noticed that uh, even with uh, some of some of my own sons have been involved in some of the uh, I'm not I, I don't remember what they're, what they're called but they're they're a support group among the students. Um, do, do you know what I'm I'm talking about? The, Are you talking about like mental health support groups like a Hope Squad? Or? A Hope Squad. That's it. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we have hope squads in uh, most of our secondary schools in our community as a way for the students to uh, be educated to know what other students might be in need. So they recognize those who might be struggling and get to adults within the school who are contacts who can check on those kids. So it's a way that kids can feel comfortable uh, trusting other students among them to just get them the resources that they need, or at least get them to the right person who can help them. Great, 
Great. Yeah, I, I know uh, our members of our family that have been involved there. It's it's been a rewarding uh, opportunity for them. So definitely, we've we've appreciated those those opportunities to be involved. Uh, so uh, can you talk to us a little bit about the Sharp Survey? Now that's something that that I'm not real familiar with. I mean, I, I've heard of it, uh, and, and and we know it's happening, but um, uh, you know, how is it administered? Uh, and uh, as far as the results from from recent surveys, what have we found? Uh, wh- what can you tell us about the the Sharp sur- Survey? That's a great question. The Sharp Survey uh, actually stands for Student Health and Risk Prevention. Uh, it's a survey that was designed to assess adolescent substance abuse. Uh, antisocial behavior, and the risk and protective factors that predict those adolescent problem behaviors. It is given to students every two years, and it's given in 6th, 8th, 10th, and 12th grade with parent permission. Uh, And this is really the best source of data that we have to tell us what youth right here in our community are experiencing. We don't have to look to state level data or county level data. The SHARP survey can break it down specific to our community and let us know what are youth experiencing, what struggles do they have, which will help us look at what can we do to strengthen them, what can we do to put protections in place, uh, again, to help them reach those healthy goals? Um, and then also, what things are putting them at risk of being involved in problem behaviors? So by giving this survey out to our youth, our youth can directly tell us what things they're experiencing, uh, whether that's in the community, in the school, at home, amongst their peers. It really is the best data we can get. Um, The last data report that we got was in 2017. So again, it's given every two years. It was given again at the start of this year, but we won't get that data until the fall. So we're waiting for that. So right now our most current data is from 2017. uh, And our top concerns from that report uh, were that our youth were reporting depressive symptoms. And that is anything from feeling sad and lonely to maybe even feeling like life isn't worth it. Uh, That's a concern of ours. We're also concerned that about 32% of our youth are reporting low neighborhood attachment. And that just means they don't feel connected to their community in some way. And when youth are bonded to their community, they're bonded to healthy adults, they're more likely to choose healthy behaviors. So that's something that's on our radar as well. And our third uh, concern is that 30% of our youth are reporting family conflict. And we all know there's conflict in homes. That's normal. Um, But what they're reporting, exactly, right? I mean, that's anytime you have a group of people together, you're going to have some conflict. But there's a difference between healthy conflict um, and just high conflict, which just means um, it's recurrent, it's excessive, um, and it's not resolved. So when we look at what things lead to youth being involved in problem behaviors, the family really is the biggest influence on our youth. So the fact that they're reporting that they're having issues in the home makes us concerned and wants us to do what we can to strengthen those family relationships. Uh, And when you're asking about data, I just wanted to point out that the survey was given at the start of this year, 2019, and in the fall we will be getting new data. And we're actually really excited about this data because this year 
instead of taking a sampling of schools who are involved in the survey, so sometimes, say for our community, they might pick one or two elementary schools in Eagle Mountain and our middle school. This year, they included every single sixth grade in Eagle Mountain, every eighth grade, every 10th and 12th. And so this year, when we get our report back, we're gonna have the best data we've ever had, which means we'll have the best idea uh, of what our youth need here. So we're very excited to get that information. Well, that's really great that we can have an organization, <clears throat> excuse me, like Communities That Care that can, that can get a heads up on, on the needs of our youth and, uh, and adapt to that and, and service their needs. So um, thank you, Karen. We're, we're going to come back uh, to you in, in just a little bit and, and let you talk about how uh, residents can um, take advantage of, of, your, of those services. So let's go now to uh, Deputy Dudson. Welcome. Uh, now, uh, Deputy Dudson, so you're an elementary school resource officer. Yes. Um, can you give us some background on, uh, on you know, what, a, what, a, what does a, a school resource officer do? What, what is that about? A lot of things. <laughs> but um, so a school resource officer, and in law enforcement terms and in the school, we're known as SROs. So there's just abbreviation of that. But our main duties as a law enforcement officer is to provide safety and crime prevention in the schools. Um, we work closely with the administration, um, teachers, uh, principals, uh, pretty much every way that's within the school, um, even custodians. Um, we, our main duty, though, is to provide the safety uh, for the administration, for the school, for the students. Um, one of our other responsibilities as a school resource officer is sometimes be a mentor to the students that are maybe having some challenges in life and also doing presentations that are related to the youth issues that are going on within the community. Now one thing that you didn't mention but I have observed when we have events in the city and we have our officers when you're out there it seems like you know every kid <laughs> that comes by and so that's maybe not, uh, may, and I don't know if that's outlined in the program or not, but I can see that that's, there's a real benefit there. There is. Um, yes, that we did not put that in there, but uh, <laughs> myself and these other deputies, uh, we've kind of uh, indulged ourselves in being a part of the events because I think being in the school um, and being around the kids uh, is, a, is a great thing within our community. It kind of builds that uh, community relationships. Yeah, that's that's great. Can so uh, can you give us a little bit of an overview of the uh, programs that you have, uh, the 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 content uh, taught in the in the elementary uh, school classes? Yeah. So um, right now in the, with the elementary schools, I teach a program which is called Empower. Um, I've done other programs in the last couple of years called Nova, but this year due to the amount of uh, elementary students within the schools, we have. I go to, there's eight elementary schools that we work with out here in the Eagle Mountain area, and I go into all the sixth grade classes for eight weeks each, uh, each class for an hour. Um, and that right now I have 36th grade classes and almost 1,000 students that I'll go in and talk to them for about eight weeks. Um, the program that we, have, that we started this year with uh, Eagle Mountain is called Empower, and that is um, empowering youth uh, to make good decisions 
decisions that are based on just on daily uh, life experiences. So mainly we, uh, we encourage them to make good decisions. We talk about uh, that it's them that gets to choose their choices from uh, their attitude to their behavior. Uh, we talk about uh, self-esteem. Again, we talk about attitude. We talk about uh, suicide prevention, uh, heroes. Um, and I hit on this one with our heroes. We talk about how our parents or those that we really look up to are the people that help us when something seems impossible to make it possible. Uh, we talk about drugs and how they affect us and how sometimes it's not just us that they affect, but it affects our community and our families. We talk about anger management, um, how they can deal with things when something isn't going their way. Uh, we talk about bullies. We talk about media. And with media, we talk about from TV, movies, video games, the internet safety, to music. So things that will help them hopefully make some good decisions because uh, my goal is to inspire these kids to make good decisions so that they can be successful in life. So it sounds like uh, as officers in our schools, you're not just walking the halls as a, simply as security, but you're highly engaged. And, uh, you know, I, I really uh, appreciate that, that our youth can have that opportunity to have a positive interaction with our law enforcement personnel and, and to have you there as a, as a role model for them. I think, I think that's, you know, that's huge. That's, um, I think that's a big deal for our youth. And so I, I definitely really appreciate that. So and you're welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Officer Dudson. Let's go to uh, Deputy Butters. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. So, how are you, Mayor? Yeah. Great. This is this is a fun subject, and, and I'm, I'm glad to have you here. In fact, we were uh, we were joking a little bit earlier because uh, it's taken several attempts to get all three of these uh, gentlemen here in the same room because there's usually something calling them away. They're they're pretty busy, but we're glad to have them here. So, uh, uh, Deputy Butters, uh, would you please summarize for us uh, uh, the focus of the programs in the in the middle and high school for middle and high school kids? Uh, sure. Well, the first uh, program is actually in the elementary school, and it's our Rad Kids program, and uh, it's a self defense program, and we teach uh, pretty much everything from light socket safety to uh, crossing the street fire safety. Uh, it's an entire safety program and we teach everything up to and how to resist during an abduction. And uh, we've taught that in the second grade, in the fifth grade, in a few different other schools. Um, and some schools are just one grade, but um, that program is still in most of the elementary schools. So I, I, think, I think this is great because you're not, you're, you're not creating fear in the kids, you're actually creating confidence there, right? Yeah, that, and that's one of the rules of Rad Kids is, um, you know, it, you are important and no one has the right to hurt you. And that's something that we're teaching the kids. And, uh, you know, sometimes they don't hear that other places. So it, it's really a good program and it really does empower the kids to uh, feel good about themselves and take some responsibility for their own safety. Wonderful. So uh, how can... Uh parents uh, support, support the SRO effort at home? What, what, uh, how can parents relate to this and, and, uh, and, and make, you know, get, the, get the most use out of it? Well, I think the first thing that parents can do is they can explain to their children about safety 
and who to go to when they have a safety problem at the school. Um, they can talk to their SRO, they can talk to the admin at the school. Uh, there's also the Save Utah app, which uh, they can leave anonymously information uh, about the safety of the school. Um, and then for the parents, uh, I would just encourage them to follow all the school procedures. And I know it's a pain to break out your ID to go check your kid out of school. Uh, and it's a pain to check in at the front office and get a visitor badge and do those kind of things when you go to the school. But those policies are in place at the school for a reason. And if parents will follow those things as they go about uh, the day, and we want you to come to the school, we just want you to do it within the policy, policies and procedures and make sure that uh, all the kids are staying safe. Well, right. Un unfortunately, uh, uh, there is a need for heightened security and mostly because it's not worth, worth taking the chance, right? So, and we uh, also have, you know, th there, are, there are situations where we have custody issues and things like that amongst children. And if you are one of those parents who does have a custody situation um, within an ex-husband or, or ex-wife, um, make sure that the school has a copy of your custody paperwork um, because then they can make um, decisions about uh, who they can be released to. That's all uh, spelled out for them. Great. Yeah. Not always convenient, but definitely in everyone's best interests. Uh, so, uh, Officer Butters, can you uh, talk to us a little bit about some of the uh, common behavior concerns that you see for, uh, for the age ranges of, of our youth that you work with? Um, well, the kids are kind of going through a, uh, a struggling time. You know, there's all sorts of things that play into uh, middle school and high school. Um, they're finding out who they are. They're building social skills. They're going through puberty. There's all kinds of stuff going on in their lives. But, um, you know, some, some people struggle with depression. Some people have problems with bullying, um, whether they're a victim or the bully. Um, there's also uh, things like sexting, uh, which becomes a problem among youth, and uh, the social media. Uh, the social media is out of control compared to how it was when we were kids. And kids have their own social media, and they're on every different app, and they can communicate with each other on all those apps 24 hours a day. Yeah, I think uh, to anyone that is a parent of a teenager is probably pretty well aware by this point uh, what, what social media brings. I mean, you know, good, good and bad. I mean, certainly so much is that. Um, the fingertips of our teenagers that they don't have to be bad kids. It's stuff just happens so quick and so easily that uh, it, yeah, it just, it takes more uh, oversight, more precautions, uh, probably, you know, between our SROs and our parents working together. So uh, definitely that's something that uh, I would encourage, our, you know, all of the parents to take advantage of getting to know or SROs and, and uh, uh, staying on top of that because uh, things can happen and go on for a while and no one even knows. Uh, and then usually by the time you find out, you're pretty far along into, a, in, into some of these texting exchanges that have gone on between youth. So uh, it's, it's great to have that resource. So thank you. Uh, Deputy Flores. Uh, so could you introduce yourself and uh, tell us, give us a little bit about your background and experience? So I started uh, my law enforcement career back in 2007. I got hired with the Springville Police Department. Um, 
the well, I got hired with Springville Police Department and also with the Sheriff's Department at the same time. So I worked for Springville City full-time and the County Sheriff's Office in their courtrooms part-time. I was with Springville City for eight years, and the majority of that eight years was working in narcotics. So that's kind of my specialty. Uh, with the Sheriff's Office, I, I switched over to the Sheriff's Office four years ago, and so my total career so far is just over 12 years. With the Sheriff's Office, I've had a lot of uh, patrol experience. I worked with the Utah County Recreation Team, and uh, it's a specialized team that just is a proactive team, and we go out and we find narcotics and DUIs and and things that happen in the mountain areas and lakes and all the nooks and crannies of Utah County that nobody really goes to patrol, but we do. Now, Deputy Flores, now you're assigned to Cedar Valley High School, is that right? That's correct. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, plans there at the high school for involvement of uh, the CRO, your 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 position there, what um, uh, what a typical typical day might look like, uh, what you anticipate there at the new high school. I mean, it, everything's new there for everyone. So, uh, what what uh, what's your assessment? It's new for everyone. It's new for me too. Um, I was on vacation for a few weeks in in Hawaii, and I um, I missed the first week of school because of that. So I started my SRO position last week, Monday. And so if the last week and this week is what a typical day is like for me, it's going to be pretty busy. There's a lot of kids there. There's about 2,000 kids in that school. The majority of my career, and from, from my perspective, most law enforcement contacts with people on, from a simple traffic stop to holding somebody hostage, they're in crisis, some kind of level of crisis. When you get pulled over by a police officer, your heart rate goes up because you don't know if he's going to give you a warning. You don't know if he's going to give you a ticket. And, you know, everybody has that fear. It's going to hit my wallet or I'm going to go to jail, you know, depending on what the violation is. Um, At the high school, for the past couple weeks, I've been able to contact kids and I don't get that same reaction because they're not in crisis at the time. They're just in school. And so I'm able to have... Show them that I'm a normal guy, just like they are. I have a wife, I have kids, I have uh, you know my own best friends and family, and just like they have. And so we're able to have conversations without them being on edge. And I think that's going to really benefit them as they get older and they have law enforcement contact in the future. Because inevitably, they're going to get pulled over at some point. They're going to speed, they're going to do something else. And hopefully, with our interactions, they're a little bit more comfortable with law enforcement when they're an adult. Yeah, and that's, you know, at, th- at that high school age, I mean, that, that really, I mean, that's when things start getting real. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're old enough to uh, uh, do much more, which means they can do a lot of good things. But, you know, they can start to get in a little bit of trouble really quick, too, you know, very easily oh, yeah. uh, without I've even already, trying. I've already dealt with that yeah. a few times in the past couple of weeks. So, so that's, that's great you can be there to help guide them, uh, to get to know them, have them get to know you. Uh, and to create a level of comfort, confidence, and again, that role model. That's, um, that's a big deal. That's, that's always needed with our youth. And um, I would imagine that there's probably a good number of youth that will be interested in law enforcement themselves. I actually did a presentation this morning during the high school has a time period where they call jet time. And I think each jet time is different as far as the topic. Today's topic was law enforcement and health and safety. And so we had a Utah County dispatcher come down and do a, her presentation. 
And unfortunately, it worked out to where she was working um, a Utah County case that, that was pretty big here in Eagle Mountain in the last couple of years. And I happened to be on the same case. So we were give them a presentation about the dispatch side of that call and about the law enforcement side of that call. So they were able to see both perspectives and most of the kids were pretty focused on what we were telling them. Yeah, that's one thing, uh, you know, I'm gonna date myself here a little bit, but high school has changed a lot uh, over the years and um, a, much of it for the better. I mean, especially this, this new high school is beautiful. And, but not only that, it just offers so much. Just like you mentioned, it can bring students into real life situations, get them exposure to a profession like law enforcement. And I know they have some other great programs over there that can can really uh, help our students, um, you know, discover a, a path for themselves and that you know, they can see where it's going because they can see you, they can see what you do. And uh, of course they have the, the uh, pilots program over there, the mechanics program and, and a numerous other programs that, that really aren't, well, they just really go over, uh, over and above, um, not just studying, but actually, actually seeing how these professions work. And so uh, that's exciting. That's, in in that's, my experience, Utah is like an education state. From, from what I see. I grew up in Los Angeles, California, and my high school was pretty, pretty run down and the programs weren't the, weren't the best. Uh, when I was 14 years old, I flew up here actually with a friend of mine, my best friend, and we went to a program at BYU and that really opened my eyes to how much really education is pushed here. Um, their, their programs and everything that they pushed in Utah, is, it's, it's great. And it opened my eyes back then, but I had to leave the state of California to learn that. And I learned it here in Utah. These kids really are lucky with what they have and this school is it's amazing. It's uh, a lot nicer than some of the college campuses around here, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Okay, we're getting close on time. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting signals from, uh, from Linda. She's probably going to tell me we're close on time. Yeah, so. I just wanted to mention real quick, too, that Eagle Mountain City is very fortunate to have three full-time school resource officers in our schools. That's fairly unique um, from what I understand in the state. And the city has been very supportive of having these resource officers in our schools for several years now and very valuable program for the community. Thanks for bringing that up, Linda. That, that is something unique and, and that we don't want to take for granted that uh, the city, uh, our, our school district, and our law enforcement through uh, the county sheriff's department is really a unique relationship and much closer than that we typically see in in most cities so we really do have something special here so thank you for bringing that up so uh karen uh back to communities of the care so september is family uh you have a family meals campaign can you tell us just a little bit about that really quick sure september is actually national family meals month and this year, Eagle Mountain City, you, Mayor, and also City Council actually signed a proclamation declaring it Family Meals Month here in Eagle Mountain. So we're very excited about that. Uh, family meals have been shown to help kids do better in school and get higher grades and have higher self-esteem and better relationships with parents and children, um, their siblings. And, you know, all in all, that's going to strengthen our community. So when we talked a little bit earlier about having conflict in the home and our youth reporting that. Family meals are a great way to address that and get families sitting down together and talking and 
strengthening those relationships. So we're really excited to promote that this month. We will be promoting the health benefits through the city's Facebook page. Uh, and we also have a contest on the city's Facebook page. So to motivate families uh, to spend time eating together, Six Sisters Deli has actually donated a free family meal to a winner of the contest uh, who will be selected randomly at the end of the month. So all you need to do is post a picture of what a family meal really looks like in your home. Even if you've got kids crying or, you know, one's eating cereal when everyone else is eating pasta, whatever it looks like. Uh, post that photo with the hashtag Eagle Mountain Family Meals and also hashtag Eagle Mountain City and you could win a free family meal. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. So this is... Uh... You know, this might appear on the surface just to be sort of an old-fashioned, warm, fuzzy uh, thing to encourage, uh, to have uh, families have a meal together. But you've got actual data behind the benefits of that. Yeah, we do. I'm, I wasn't just making it up, you know, <laughs> um, by saying that families will be strengthened by do it, doing it. There really is research showing that children who eat with their families are le less likely to be involved in substance use. They are more likely to get better grades in school, more likely to have higher self-esteem, to have less depressive symptoms. There is data behind it. So something really that simple is having one more meal a week with your family can have tremendous benefits for your children. Okay, so this might be the one instance where I have a good excuse to take a picture of my meal then. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't typically do that, but this might be a good motivator. Take a picture of your meal. Maybe take a picture of your family in it too. Okay, so there you go. Remember sharing it together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Karen. So let's go back to our uh, deputies before we wrap this up. Uh, what, else, what else can we do uh, as residents to... Um, uh, you know, to, to, to work with our SROs and to really get the, uh, get the best benefits out, out of that and to help the overall effort. Well, I'll, uh, I'll speak up a little bit. Again, this is Deputy Dutson. Um, one thing I, with these kids, when I go into the elementary classrooms, um, they seem to be very um, knowledge-seeking. They want to hear things. And when we talk about stuff, I always encourage them to go home and to speak to their families about the stuff that we talk about because they're going to learn more from their families. You know, maybe the families have experienced situations, the, the topics we talk about, and they can share that with their kids. That's something I do with my kids. I go home, I talk about my day, things I experience, just so they can understand some of the real world uh, problems and troubles that are out there and what they can do to pretty much empower themselves to make good decisions. Well, thank you. Thank you to all of our guests and thank you for all you do for our cities. Uh, we're going to conclude this, uh, this segment of Talking Up Eagle Mountain and we encourage our residents to give us feedback if there's anything they would like to hear or any ways we can improve our, our podcast. So thank you for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time.